Hi there, healers. My name is Dave of Dave of the Flames. I'm a Reiki teacher, life coach, and a clear cognizant. I blend these energies so that I can help you be the healer that you are meant to be. You work hard at taking care of others. Heal the Healers is a podcast that will help you find ways to take care of yourself. Do you often find yourself tired, low on energy, and overcommitted because you can't say no? I want to give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can work smarter and help more people around the world. No matter what healing modality you do, this podcast is for you. One thing that I've been doing a lot for the last two months, I think, is I've had a lot of guest authors um, and, and just, you know, people who are, uh, you know, specialists in their field. And, and I'm finding these these authors, I'm reading their books and I'm reaching out to them and they're saying, yes, today we're kind of doing a little, little bit different because I have to say today, I am so honored because my guest today, her name is Cash Katala. And Cash and I met over Instagram uh, when I was doing my coaching for leaders podcast and she just, she reached out and it, it was my new podcast that I had just started. And I remember she sent me a message and the message was like, so validating. She was like, your podcast is so amazing. It changed my life or my day. I'll say life. Cause I'm, I'm bragging here. Um, and then, um, but she said, and then she left me a review and, and one of the reviews, it was the nicest review I've ever gotten on anything I've ever done. And so I reached out to her. We just started talking and, it was like we clicked and I said, Hey, you know, let, let's just chat. So we became friends and we've worked together a little bit. And I can't tell you what a privilege it is to have her on my show today because she is someone who was struggling as an empath growing up. And when you have this empathic ability and this history of family of empaths, and then you're trying to learn how to deal with it. She has come so far in such a short amount of time. Um, and I am so proud of her. So Cash, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Lots <Yes>. of applause. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy to be here with you. And thank you for sharing the space with me. I'm I told you I'm like the noob getting introduced to this community. And it's just like, I'm ready to just take everything by storm. And yeah, it was crazy. When Cash, when, oh man. When, when Cash and I first met, I remember we, we did a Zoom call and, I, and I, looking at her energy, her energy was so depleted. And I remember her, um, her self-esteem was just like, it was low. You remember that? And, yeah. and it, was, it was just like, <laughs> what, what, and, and then, you know, I remember the thing, I'm a bad mother. And I'm like, well, I don't think you're a bad mother because we've been talking about your kids and your kids sound pretty fucking incredible in so many ways um and, and you're proud of your kids and so i think you're just being a little bit too hard on yourself and i remember that conversation so distinctly because i know mothers who don't do half as well as you do who think they're incredible <laughs> you know? so the fact um, that, you, that you you work so hard as, as a mother as as a friend you've done so much um in in your life and you've, you've overcome stuff and I, what i'd like for you to do today is kind of just Tell the listeners your story because I think they all share some of this, some of this, you know, stuff that we go through is growing up as an empath. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, growing up, <laughs> growing up is pretty hard alone without having a rough start because I think there's a lot of 
trying to figure out where we fit in the world, like what part we play, and then beliefs being implanted into us and us trying to fit the mold and make our parents happy and proud and fitting in with friends. And it's a lot of pressure, but I grew up with my mom having schizophrenia, having bipolar disorder. There was like drinking going on in the house. There was abuse. There was a lot of like loneliness and not fitting in, but knowing a lot of things that were never told to me. Like I had to put the feelers out because I had to walk on eggshells. So it was kind of like being a mini psychologist and putting the feelers out, the sensors out, like feeling the air, the energy in the air. When I walked into the room, I can sense if tensions were high and I had to like kind of keep my head down and be as quiet as a mouse so that I don't get the front end of the stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? it, 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 it's like being hyper vigilant all the time. All the time. And, and that takes so much energy because you can't find peace at all. And you definitely don't feel safe. So no. that type that type of hypervision leads into a lot of a lot of problems, but you seem to have been strong enough and resilient enough to overcome that. What what was your secret? Well, you know how to read the room, you know? You know immediately how to read the room. You get mm -hmm. you catch on to people's vibes. You just like there's parts of you that unfortunately you close off because you've been hurt and you've grown up with abuse or not fitting in, always being the black sheep, always like being the weird one out because I like certain things. Like I grew up loving Ninja Turtles. That was me. I wanted, when I grew up, I'm talking, I was four years old. When I grew up, I wanted to be a ninja sniper. What was that? A ninja sniper assassin. That's what I wanted to be. I was going to assassinate people with a sniper gun and I was going to be so quiet like a ninja. <laughs> And all the other girls were playing with Barbies and I was playing with Legos and Ninja Turtles and all this stuff. So I was always the odd one out. But the thing that really gave me that edge over everyone was like being able to read the room, being able to like sense people's vibes. And I was always on high alert that my system, it was always like on high anxiety. When you live in that kind of high anxiety state, when things are too quiet, you really put the feelers out. You're like, what's going on? Like, what's going to come? It's not that you expect it, but you're like, hi, you know, you've got that radar, those instincts. So that really, that gave me a leg up because I grew up in an environment that wasn't the greatest, but also a community that was like the hood. I'm talking, I'm walking to school one day, eight years old, and there's a guy that has half of his brains on the sidewalk. And there's police tape, do not cross, you know? So walking by that and kind of being like, wow, but desensitized to it in a way, because broken beer bottles everywhere, people get into fights. And like, that was a weapon of choice, beer bottles, like broken glass everywhere, walking on the way to school. So it was kind of like, this is the world, but I never let it, I never let it um, convince me that that's all it was. I always had that feeling that that innate, you know, you feel it in your bones. It's a part of you where your spirit speaks to you and tells you there's more to life than this. And I mean, I had my daughter at 14 when I was 14 years old. And of course, I understand my mom now, but at the time she wanted to come and take over and be her mom. And I was like, absolutely not. 
the day of the delivery, I'm in the delivery room and the nurse is like, your mom's here. And I said, no, she's not allowed in the room because this is a moment where I need to be Zen. I need to be leveled. I need to have my energy in check because I'm welcoming my child and I'm not going to be with that high anxiety, with that high alert. Am I going to say the wrong thing? Is she going to come in and barge in and grab the baby or do some nonsense because she's trying to be helpful? And I was a child. It was hilarious actually seeing the residents like circle me and I felt like I was on exhibit in the museum. You know how they have the caveman like um, mannequin or whatever. Oh, look, that's how they used to live. And they'd be like, oh man, look, she's 14. Did you see her age? <laughs> I was the freak of nature, but I was so confident and sure like, this is my body. This is my child. It is what it is. And I'm the patient and you're here to take care of me. So no, you're not gonna draw more blood. No, you're not gonna poke me. I'm not gonna be your guinea pig. I, there was a resident that was poking my veins like four or five times and I'm over here dilating, you know, having labor pains and he kept poking at me. And I said, you know, that I think that's the first time I learned about boundaries was when, <laughs> when I was in the hospital, but I said, no more. I'm not your pincushion. I let you try four times, but you're not going to do a fifth. Get somebody else in here. Because right. <laughs> and then I also expressed that boundary with the nurse where I said, no, my mom is not. I'm the patient. I don't care if I'm a minor. I'm the one giving birth right now. My mom is not to come in this room. If she does, we're going to have a problem. And even after the baby was born and I was, you know, practicing breastfeeding and they were trying to like, I said, hey, I got this. I watched the videos, I read the books, and it wasn't that really, it was instinct. Right. right. It was the instinct, it was like, this is my job, this is my duty, and this is my baby, and I'm gonna give her all the love, and get away, leave me alone. It was just us, you know, where the nurses would try to take the baby to uh, feed her, change her, I'm like, are you, what am I, chopped liver? Like, <laughs> this is my job, this is my baby, so. I always took that stance and I always say that my daughter brought out that that mom wolf, you know, that omega out of me where I was the pack leader. This was my little cub and I was starting my own pack. I was starting my own family tree because I totally admonished my mom and my dad, God rest his soul, he was the sweetest. It was it was a little um that's the other thing. My my father was the more feminine energy and my mom was the total masculine, like a drill sergeant. So uh, having those roles reversed and having my father be the nurturing one that really stimulated my curiosity, my intellect, always looking out to the stars and wondering about space. And, and I was like, I know I don't belong here. I belong somewhere over there. <laughs> Somewhere up there, <laughs> always with that wonderment, you know. Mm -hmm. My mom was more like, We got to get this done, we got to get to work, and this knee and this and that, you know, like coordinating things that masculine energy. That, um, I think that was one of the things that really messed me up when my father uh felt ill after 9 11 with leukemia, you know. Um, it was a couple years after 9 11, and that rocked my world. He was my foundation. He was the one, he was the hope. He embodied the hope in the world of all that's good, all that's pure, like pure love because I was his only daughter. 
and I was his most part, I was his identity. His identity surrounded, it, it was all me. So just growing up with that and, and seeing the beauty in it, like it, it was an unspoken, he, he didn't really tell me he loved me, he showed me. Oh, wow. He was one of those that it's love embodying. It's, 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 I love you. So let's do this. We only had one day together out of the week for my entire life that he only had Mondays off. And I'm telling you that Monday was like, we go to the aquarium. He carried me on his shoulders throughout the city. We'd go to McDonald's. We'd go to the beach. We'd go get ice cream. It was anything. We could have been the smallest thing, just going to the park and him taking dozens and thousands of pictures of me just <laughs> you know you should have and, the free and you and you live in new york right yeah i grew yeah. up in queens so, so, so living in new york so so having having being able to go out and do so much at your fingertips on mondays had to be special how old were you when he died i was 19. 19. yeah that's hard <laughs> gosh it was, it was really difficult um i was just talking to my 12 year old about it the other day where the first time I saw him in the hospital. They had him on dialysis. They had tubes coming out of his neck and a bag of blood that looked like tar. They said that he was lucky that he didn't die from an aneurysm because of the, um, his blood was so thick. It was like, wow. it was literally like tar. So I had locked myself in the bathroom for like 20 minutes crying. Like the whole world was, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't. And you know, different people deal with grief differently. I'm very strong, I will say, and I'm very blunt and upfront and I don't have hair on my tongue, but the way that I reacted <laughs> to that, it was so unbecoming of me. Like looking back, I know that I did the best I could with what I had, Right. but I, it was when it came to fight or flight, it was flight. You know, my father was on his deathbed and I just couldn't bring myself to be by his side like I was I did visit him but not as often as I could have because in my mind oh he's gonna get better there's gonna be tomorrow tomorrow and guess what <laughs> looking back it's like now I understand the power of now right all <laughs> we have is the now and we have to focus on every moment of every day what thoughts come in what action yeah. we take what we decide, what we choose. And, and how old is your oldest daughter? She, oh, she just turned 21, um, 21. before yesterday on the 27th. Yeah, oh, we're wow. going to have our first mom and daughter drink uh, tomorrow. <laughs> That's Love awesome. legal age, yes. <laughs> What's, um, and tell us about your 21-year-old. What's she like? Oh, God, she, she was the project. I, I say that the firstborn is always the project. They're the <laughs> ones that are like, you have to be like this, you have to be like that. And then I heard my mom come out of my mouth so many times. I was like, what is going on here? Um, but I never gave her credit for any of it. I never said like, oh man, I feel bad for my mom because I felt like I was in the right, I was such a rebel. But my daughter, she's such, I can't even like, she is such a beautiful soul because her heart is just so pure. She's, she's the embodiment. Like I said, just like my father, she's like the embodiment of love. And it's because I poured the love that I wanted and that I learned from living, you know, growing up with my dad, I poured that into her. 
And, and, and you I raised you raised her as a you raised her as a single mom, right? Single mom. So yeah. her father, I had told him, you know, we're teenagers, just finish your high school, get your high school degree, and then go get a job wherever you can. I'm gonna finish school, but we're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna hunker down and we're gonna get it done. And he chose the street life, he chose some bad choices. And at 15 years old, I was like, I know what you're gonna do. And I know where you're going with your friends, but if you step foot outside that door to go with your friends, when you come back, we're not going to be here. Ah, you're crazy. You're this, you're that. And I was like, I'm just, we're not going to fight about it. I'm just telling you right now, you're ma I'm giving you the choice. This is the fork in the road or your family or your, the street and your friends. And he thought I was crazy. I was a drama, this and that, la, la, la. No, when he came back, we were gone and he blamed me for his bad choices after that. And I said, you know what? When you put your child first, there is no other options. You do what you got to do for them or anyone you love, you know, because a lot of people, anyone can be um, a father, a mom, but to actually be a parent, you know, there's a difference between being a provider and being a parent. You oh. can provide a roof over anybody's head clothes yeah. on their backs, food in their stomach. But are you really raising them with values, morals, and by example? And that's the thing that I've carried throughout my life is that love that my dad gave me. And I that's just awesome. pour that out. And your daughter is in college right now? Yes. She decided to switch from architecture, which I never saw it for her, but I never told her not to because I'm not going to be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I said, are you sure that's what you want to do? Are you sure? Yeah, mom, I'm okay, no problem. But now it was so funny. Um, she's a wuss when it comes to blood. She'll, she'll faint. She can't get blood drawn. She can't see the needle in her, in her veins. She'll pass out. She's <laughs> literally had to go to the hospital for passing out during like her menstruation <laughs> in school. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had to call out of work to be like, um, I kind of got to go to the hospital because my daughter fainted. When she, when, she when she hears this podcast, she's going to be like, oh, mom, you did not just say that. <laughs> she knows I have no, and I'll say it's her face. No. She, but that, that goes to show you, like, she's so sweet and so delicate. She's such a delicate baby. But I will tell you that the day there was just a thought that popped into my head and it was probably like four months ago where I said, I remember telling her, you can't, she told me about wanting to be a veterinarian. And I said, what are you talking about? You can't even see blood. You're going to deal with being a vet. Are you serious? Like be realistic. Come on. And the thought just popped into my head and I said, you know, this is when you reach higher levels of awareness. And this is when you really connect with yourself, that that expands your mind, you know, and your antenna even more. So I said, how could I tell her, how could I knock her down and just shut that door for her and tell her and limit her? You know what I mean? One thing is for us to limit ourselves, but to have the people that we love and look up to tell us, no, don't come on. You know, all the reasons why not to. I said, what kind of person are you? Like you're embodying what you didn't like when you were growing up, like limitations or people. So I called her and I said, you know, you remember when I told you that you shouldn't get into animal care because 
you're a wuss when it comes to blood and you can't handle it. I said, forget I ever said that. I just delete it. Destory it, delete it, forget it. I'm so sorry that I told you that. And she goes, mom, that is so crazy that you're calling me and telling me this right now because I was about to call you and tell you that I think I really figured out what I want to do. I want to care for animals. I want to be a vet tech so that I could be a veterinarian. I said, do it. Wow. Do it, do it, do it. And guess what? <laughs> she's paying for herself. She's paying herself through school. Like she's she's putting herself through school after she after she acquired a nice loan in my mom's name because I told her, I said, you know what? I went through college. I went through raising you. I went through working full time, taking care of two girls by myself and doing what I had to do where there's a will, there's a way. If you really want it, you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to figure my own stuff out. So <laughs> you gotta, I'll help you when I can, how I can. I'm your biggest cheerleader, but financially right now, I'm trying to figure things out. So where there's a will, there's a way. And guess what? Now she found a job as a vet tech. She's getting paid more money than I am per hour. <laughs> she's able to get the flexible schedule so she could take her classes and she's taken on so much and she's doing it so seamlessly that things are really opening up for her. And it's also because I'm reaching higher levels of awareness that I can provide her that guidance. And I had asked her for forgiveness, even like, I'm so sorry for all the times that I tried to mold you and make you something that like I didn't give you the space for you to be yourself I I was raising you to be what I thought you should have been and I'm sorry for that and that was the hugest big breakthrough to be able to do that but this journey of like spirituality getting into energy energy work working with the energy body like accepting myself wholly who I am what I am and I'm able to have that frequency go out to all those around me. And it just like seamlessly shifts things with no effort, no effort whatsoever. Like us getting into communication and having this friendship even, and and this connection is because I was putting out in the universe, like I want to vibrate higher. I want to raise my frequency. I want to pull high vibing genuine great awesome people like healers spiritual gurus mentors you know connections and networks that are just like amazing and it's it's so empowering oh that's awesome i you know it's such an incredible story because the, the one thing that i really respect about you is i actually had this conversation this morning with another person but we deal with a lot of moms and 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 dads who they always continue to put themselves first and they never take care of themselves. They never make themselves a priority. And, and when I'm coaching someone or when I'm trying to help someone figure out how to heal themselves, I'm always like, no, you have to be selfish and you have to be selfish as a mom so that you can, you can show your child what it means to be strong and what it means to, in order that you take care of yourself, you're improving yourself, you're learning, but then you're, you're, you're feeling better and you have high self-esteem that you were able to set those boundaries and that, and, and all of these things to be able to say no. And I love what you said earlier when you said, look, you know, I will support you. I'm your biggest cheerleader, but you go and you figure the shit out yourself because <laughs> I had you when I was 14 and you turned out pretty good. So I think I did good. So you got it in you and you can do this, but 
you know, I'm not going to hand you anything. The world's not like that. And, and I, I, I love that because you basically are like, look, I'm going to be here for you and I'm going to support you and I'm going to be whatever you need, but you need to live your life and you need to make your choices. The other thing you said was you, where you, where you recognize that you're, you're too much, you pull it back. Yeah. You know how many people don't have the vulnerability or the, the love to do that? But for you to be able to call her and say, you know what? Get everything I said earlier. If you want to live this dream, you go live it and just delete what I just said. Mm -hmm. That is such an enlightened and such a powerful and such a loving way to be. Um, and, and I know we all, as, as we go through life, we all make mistakes and we all say things and we all do things. And, and we're like, wow, I wish there was a rewind button or, a, you know, delete, <laughs> you know, can, can we delete that email that we just sent? Um, you, you know, all, all these things. But the fact is, Cash, is that, that you, you, you talk the talk and you walk the walk. And, yeah, and you got to so, lead by example. You, you do. And I'm so impressed with that. And ever since our, our first couple of meetings, I was just like, holy shit. First of all, you are a, you are a storm in so many ways. Be, because I tell you what, when you're 15 and you're telling him, if you go out, I'm not going to be here, I would have believed you. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, you and I have known each other a short time. I believe everything that you're saying and the fact that he didn't, he had his head up his ass. <laughs> he still blames um, me till this day. And, but and that's he, what, even he called to apologize a few yeah, weeks ago. <laughs> wow. Well, that's awesome. That you're, <laughs> wow. But, but that's what it is, is people don't take responsibility for their own shit. No. And, you, and you, you have taken responsibility for yourself for a long time. Um, and, and I love what you said about your dad, too, with, with how he was the, the physical form of love and the physical form of hope. And then when he passed away, you said, I'm going to be that for my daughter as yeah, well. So you had to be the mom and the dad and, you the had, dad. You, and the grandfather, you know, you had to, you had to do all that. And then you had to shield her from the world. And now you also have a 12 year old who <laughs> living in New York, you've been on massive, massive lockdowns just from stuff I'm like reading in the paper or reading online and all. And so she's, she's schooling from home, right? Yeah. She's okay, schooling. So schooling from home. And then she's you such a wise girl. That girl, that yeah, girl. If, if she has your brains, yeah, I, I, she yeah. puts us to shame. <laughs> She's such an old soul and amazing. And, and, and the fact that I can even step back and be in awe of this person, because, you know, a lot of parents take on the identity, like I'm the boss. You don't know any better. I'm here to teach you. Uh, I own you. It's like, no, we're all on borrowed time. They came to this world through us, not for us, you know, not of us, through us, you know, and they're the, they're the future. They're the legacy that we leave behind, not the riches, not the properties, not the titles. And the fact that we forget that because we're adults and we've lived a little longer, like they don't know better. I mean, come on, that's bullshit. How many times as a kid do you like, you could just see things and you know things you didn't need to get taught you didn't need to get coached on it you're like i call bullshit when i see bullshit and you're <laughs> a bullshitter and i don't want to be in your circle and you don't like me well <laughs> that's your problem that sounds like a you problem because i'm good with who i am you know even with low self-esteem you kind of like yeah that, that's, that, that, that's what's funny is is when, when we first met you you're you had low low self-esteem 
and then you doubted yourself a lot. You didn't really say no to people. You didn't feel worthy, you know, all these <laughs> things, but you're a New Yorker. So that kind of balances that shit out some because <laughs> you, you, like, you don't take you don't take shit you're exactly. like i don't i don't take shit and i got low self-esteem so you better watch out motherfucker and, not, and, it, yeah. and, it's, and it's like jesus christ it's so amazing and the cool thing is is you had these toxic relationships that you were just oh, like god. Uh-uh, no oh god and and i remember when when we first started and and literally you just you have grown so much so quickly and you're 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 so healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually right now. You, we were talking before we started recording tonight about your new job, and, and you're like, "Look, I manifested a way to be able to work from home for my daughter. Yeah. That's how that's how good my life is going right now. That's how good my spirituality is. It's because I know hope. And, and I tell you, you, I am just, I'm so proud of you in so many ways. I'm, I'm proud of you as a person. I'm proud of you as a mother. Thank I'm proud you. of you as a friend. I mean, Thank you just, you, so you, you have, you have, you're in incredible and the fact that you're on here helping people under because there's 20 people who are just like you and i you know we 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 come back and and it's just like we started this and we we started with low self-esteem i mean that's part of the first thing i put in my in my coaching program is i know you because i've been you uh-huh you know that that's that my, is that's like literally my i first will sentence. tell you that that is the reason why the moment that you portrayed that and that, that is the thing that really hooked into my brain that I was like, that's my spirit brother right there because <laughs> no holds barred. And I was like, he's even cursing. He doesn't give a shit. And I love it because <laughs> the stuff he's saying is so spot on that you're like, you matter. You're important. You're valuable. You know, I don't, you maybe think like, who the hell is this guy? Like, but I love you. I don't know you, but I know you and I love you. And I was like, yes, I love you too, Dave. I was yelling at the car and the speaker. I was like, I love you too, Dave. Because let me tell you, not only did I grow up in an abusive household because my mom's illness, you know, I was like her little punching bag and everything that could go wrong was, you know, somebody had to be the target. But Mm -hmm. I also found myself in abusive relationships. And I'm talking like, I grew up seeing my parents going at it. Cause my mom, my mom literally cut my dad's cheek with a spoon. I was like, who the fuck is able to cut somebody with a fucking spoon? I snatched it out of her hand and I said, you're fucking really seriously crazy. Who cut somebody with a spoon? You're abnormal. You know, I, it was unheard of. I couldn't, I was like, yo, she doesn't need a shiv. She just needs a spoon. It's crazy, but I said me growing up with that and being on high alert all the time, even while I was sleeping, I'm talking, I could hear skin on skin contact if they were hitting each other. Like I'd wake up immediately, I'd sense it. And I said, I don't want my kids growing up with that. And what did I get into? Abusive relationships. And, and, and so I think first and foremost, I'm such, I'm such an empath. I'm such a, um, Like, I want to help people. I want to heal people. I want to use my lived experiences as that I could taste, I could smell, I could sense what you're living through, what you're going through and what you're experiencing because I've lived it. So how am I supposed to help people if I can't even help myself? If I can't even allow myself the love, the space or my emotions or my thoughts, good or bad, just accept myself wholly 
And when you take up space, you own that power. You know, you honor your emotions, you honor your thoughts, the good and the bad ones. And I said, how can I make a difference? I got to start with the most important piece of the puzzle. And that's me. You know, I never understood that saying, let's say, okay, I'll give you a, a really stark and simple contrast of where I was before compared to where I'm at now. When I was growing up, I never understood how selfish it was to tell people on the airplane, you got to put your mask on first before you put your mask on anybody else. So I said, are you crazy? I'm putting the mask on my kid first because my kid comes first. And it's like, um, no, you have to put it on yourself. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm putting the mask on my kid. And now I'm like, fuck no, I got to put the mask on myself because first of all, if I pass out, nobody else is going to come and put the mask on my kid. You can't pour from an empty cup. You, there's so many people that are like, they own their stories and they say, well, I came from this and I grew up with that and this is why I'm this way and this is the final product and take it or leave it because that's what I am. Mm -hmm. No, you can always strive to be better. I'm stepping into projects and out of my comfort zone. I'm tapping into things that I didn't know I could do before because after suffering from like severe depression for over 16 years and seeing no way out, where that depression just covers you like a warm, fuzzy fleece blanket that is really heavy and hard to get <laughs> out from under, you start saying, well, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is what the world is. And it's all a matter of perspective. But I will tell you that when you get to this point where you're, I was telling you earlier about reaching the summit, reaching the peak, uh, 2020 has really been that year of cocooning where you can let it make you or break you. It's yep. all a matter of how you look at it. Yep. And I can't even imagine the people suffering, men and women and children from domestic abuse right now because there's no other way. Right. And I want these people to know, like people that aren't sure if there's a way out, if this life, like this is what it is and this is what's been handed to me um, whether you want to believe it or not, and it's one of the hardest truths and pills to swallow, we have a choice. We have a choice. We choose whether to allow the negative thoughts to seep in there and take ownership of us like a parasite, or we're going to flush that shit out and say, um, there, I told you in the beginning where I was like, self-love, Dave, I need tips on self-love because I'm out of floor right now. And you're like, let's do some moon water <laughs> with some vinegar. Let's charge it under that full moon and let's do that mantra. And I was doing that thing like religiously, like until, I didn't believe it when I was saying it in the mirror, looking in those eyes, like Cassandra, I love you. I love you. You're beautiful. You're powerful. You're strong. Yeah, that, that, that. in the back of the head is like, no <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. And I'm like, it got to a point where I was like, shush, shush. I was like, damn, I'm turning into my mom with schizophrenia talking to people that aren't there. Shush. <laughs> I know that that's one of my favorite exercises. What what she's talking about is I, I told her that I wanted to stand in front of a mirror and say, I love you over and over and not to walk away until you believe it. Until you and, believe it. And you had to do it every day. And she did it. She did it for a while because we went on a big self-love kick. We only had maybe three or four sessions. 
um and two was, i think two or three two? actually less yeah yeah okay no three. but i yeah. will say it was like uh two on the first one we just yeah. clicked so much that we yeah, went we on and you're like yeah <laughs> we just, just kept going on and on and then it was uh and then the other thing that she's talking about is uh the moon water is we uh sh she lives in an apartment so she had to take a we it was rose quartz because if you make some rose quartz um elixir water or mother essence it's called yeah. You take rose quartz and put it next to a glass of water. So she put it on the dashboard of her car. Yep. <laughs> under under a full moon so that the rose quartz could charge the water. And that made like a mother essence. And then if you take a little bit of this water each day, it, it, it connects you spiritually closer uh, for self-love. And it brings you closer to your higher being. Uh, so so those are two little tricks that, that we did like from our very first time together. But I remember when I was talking to her to stand up for the mirror, she's like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and then the second time we talked, she's like, I've been doing it, Dave. <laughs> yes, yes. It was so, um, you know, you feel a little ridiculous at first because you're like, you know, the thing is, I would just say to anyone out there listening, just be a pupil, be open. Just be open. Don't decide. Don't. Don't make a decision before you even do it. Like, don't even think about it. Because if you think about it, you're going to find all the reasons why you shouldn't, why it's not going to work, how stupid is this. So it's much better to say, how stupid is this while you're doing it? And just say, but I'm going to keep doing it because I already started. Right. So let me just keep going. And, and don't think, oh, I got to get up and I got to do this. I was like, I, let me not think about it. My feet are going to hit the floor and I don't know where I'm going to step. <laughs> and I ended up going to the bottle every three times a day, seven drops. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I had to read what I wrote down because you had told me what to recite. And I was like, how ridiculous am I? I'm like reading it and reading it. But I was like, I'll read it as many times as I have to. Mm -hmm. You know, look, your podcast is playing right now in the background. <laughs> I was listening to one earlier. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. I love your podcast, honestly. Like Thank you it's so, so much. real and down to earth. Like I love your energy. I, I really enjoy doing it. And it, it, it's it's fun because I do the coaching for leaders one. Um, and that one is I think that's where we met. And I, I remember my first few episodes that I was talking about self-love and personal power. And and you have definitely come into your personal power. I mean, yeah. just, just between listening to things and where you are now, you believe in yourself so Definitely. much. And, and I want to serve something bigger than me. That's what it is. It's yeah. not about me. Right. And, and that's what it is. It, it is, it's service through selflessness. Yeah. You, you know, but you got to take care of the vessel that you've been yep. given. <laughs> I know. And I'm talking, <laughs> I shed 15 pounds without, I got into intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. like i i'm sure you've read everyone who knows about biohacks and all this right. you know the aura ring and the apple watch <laughs> and all this nonsense right like oh intermittent fasting it's all the phase but let me tell you like when you really dive into spirituality and discovering yourself you naturally start making decisions that come so easily that align you with your higher purpose with your higher self and I'm talking, I shed 15 pounds without dieting. 
without cutting cookies that I love so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? You know what made me shed the pounds when I went to the supermarket? I wasn't like, oh no, I can't get the cookies and the cake because I got to watch. No, I'm going to get the cookies and the cake because I actually enjoy it and I deserve a treat. So how is it that you lose 15 pounds incorporating the snacks that are so bad for you? It's because <laughs> you're giving yourself some love. Yep. You're it, like, it, you know, I deserve it. It's a hundred percent. And there's, there's, a, there's some actual science about that too, to where when you're eating something, if you regard it with, with gratitude, or with if you're gratitude. Say, saying, yes. th saying thankful for it, 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 it will process in your body much more effectively and normally. Whereas if you are, uh, resentful or angry that you're eating it because you, you ate a, a big piece of cake or, and you're yep. like, I, I can't have this. Then because you're eating it, the energy that you're doing it, it, it just literally goes straight to fat. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not that healthy. The guilt. So, it's the guilt. Yeah. It's the guilt so, of, so the, so, the, yeah. Yeah. So all that, all that stuff with the gratitude uh, really, really helps out. And I just, I just want to say, I'm so proud of you. I, I mean, it, it just, it, it's amazing. And I love that you told this story today. And I hope that if you're listening to this, just, just know that no matter who you are, no matter what stage you're in, that there's so many different things that, that you as an empath, that you as a healer, as you as whatever you are, just believe in you and believe that you're worthy of being strong. And I'm going to put Cash's uh, contact info with their Instagram in, in the show notes today. Mine are going to be in there. If you have questions for either one of us, because let me tell you, she's the real deal. And and she does not hold it. She's a lot like I her and I get along because we're so blunt. <laughs> you, you know, and, and literally, I think if we had a third person, we'd probably make that person cry. <laughs> because <laughs> because we are really blunt and we get along like that. And it's it, it's nice because it it it's just how it is. And we're always our authentic selves. And it's you always know. coming from a place of love. Yes, ex exactly. Love. Yep. Somebody it's said like that I want the best for you, and I want yeah. the best for all of us. We have exactly. to succeed so that we can elevate all those around us by just being our authentic selves. Yep. And, and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, we're all just here to show each other the way. And when an empath grows up, we don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to deal with those other people's emotions. You know, it's, it's, I always say we always needed to find that Professor Xavier to bring us in and teach us how to use our powers, you know, because we just, we don't, we don't know how to use our powers when we're that young. Uh, and so we, we lose ourselves and then it turns into a bunch of different things, but you've definitely figured out who you are and, you know, you've lived such, you lived a life where I think you don't have to be hyper vigilant right now. Yeah. It's, you I, I, know, I grounding. You, you, grounding has been the biggest gift yes. grounding we, we talked about personal sanctuaries and physical sanctuaries yes. and for you you made your bedroom into your physical sanctuary surrounded by all the things that are calming beautiful aesthetically pleasing it's my little haven in here and yeah and you deserve that so much thank you yeah you know i use your little trick for the power symbols making oh, the cube you? of power symbols i'm yeah. talking even on the mirror and like yeah. <laughs> i know and it's so charged in here when you walk back in the room after stepping outside it's like i'm in a whole different house on a different planet yep in, in my, my room yeah <laughs> I, I, that's exactly how i feel and it's, it's funny because you know I, I talk about in a lot of the stuff that i teach is you want a spiritual sanctuary an emotional sanctuary and a physical sanctuary 
And when you're in your physical sanctuary and you're visiting your spiritual sanctuary, and then you take all your spirit guides with you to your emotional sanctuary and just have fun with them after you get done your meditations, you combine all three like that. It's one of the most powerful experiences you can ever have. Yeah. Um, and that, that was something that we talked about once. And I just, I do it all the time. But my, my bedroom is definitely my haven. And it, it's where it's a sense of power. I have so many, so many crystals in this freaking house as it is, but in my, bed, <laughs> in my bedroom, especially, I, I swear. You know, yeah. that's when the relationship with money, a good relationship with money really comes in clutch. Because if you were to tally up all the money that you spend on crystals, if you're low vibrational with money, you're going to be like, oh man, how much, how much have I wrecked up with this? But it's so worth it. I had someone try to tell me, you don't need crystals. You don't need that many crystals. You don't need two of each. You don't. I'm like, listen, the crystals call to me. I don't call for them. They call to me and I beckon their call. <laughs> yes, welcome. I know. Welcome. <laughs> you, you know, what's funny is uh, it, it was all last year where I went through this huge crystal kick. I mean, I, I don't get it. And, and what I say is they called out to me, definitely. And I believe that crystals. Each like, and every one of them. They called out to me. And, and but so right now I have everything I need. I haven't bought a crystal in a while. Yeah. Um, it's probably been like three months. So I'm, I'm laying in bed the other night and Pete sees all these packages come in throughout the week. And he said, so are Oracle cards your new fetish? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what? He says, well, it's a different He's like, well, I noticed there's been a lot of packages this week and I keep seeing all these decks of cards. And, and I'm like, well, first of all, they're not decks of cards, you know? <laughs> and I said, no, I said, what it is, I, I, uh, I found this lady on um, YouTube um, yeah. and she is amazing. She does readings and it's a, one of those pick a pile things. Yeah. You know, pick my daughter puts me onto those. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to give her a shout out today. This is, she doesn't know me. There's, there's nothing at all that, that connection, man, for this. connection. but uh, the YouTube channel is called Roseology, R-O-S-E-O-L-O-G-Y. She is one, she is one of the strongest readers I think I have met. She has been so spot on and so accurate with me. It's not even funny. Um, and, and I'm just, I've, I've, um, recommended a couple of my my coaching friends and my other healing friends and they're just like dave what the hell she just like speaks right to your soul and then so what she's doing is these cards that i've been doing i'm looking up pictures of the cards and trying to find the deck and i've been buying the decks this week so that's what pete's catching on to (laughs) but but she actually and part of the thing that she did is a video where you because usually you just see her hands and the woman the woman shuffles with grace and power it's so funny i'm like how did she shuffle like that but she did one video where she's talking uh, to the camera and you look behind her and it's like a joygasm of Oracle cards. <laughs> I mean, her nice. bookshelves, her bookshelves are just loaded. Um, and, and she is such a wonderful healing person. She puts so much information out to the world for free. She tries to help people uh, and she gets it. And so again, it's Roseology. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. But literally, if you have um, if you have some time, check her out, uh, listeners, because she's she's just the real deal. Nice. Well, gosh, thank you. This has been amazing. Thank, thank you, you so much. I'm so happy. This has been that great. we got this time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.